Guys, a really treat, great treat for us this morning. One of our great friends is going to be speaking this morning. And Daniel Indrajaya is, needs no introduction to many of you. Daniel leads a church called The Rocks uh, here in our city. It's a great church, growing church, exciting church. And uh, he referred to us, I spoke there a few weeks ago, he referred to Elevate as their sister church. And I'm like, I don't know really whether I think that's a compliment or not, but anyway. Hey, Jaden, how you going, buddy? You come to keep an eye on Dad? Fair enough. We'll give you a shotgun in a second, and I'll teach you our rules about that. Um, so Daniel's here with us this morning, and I uh, just love that, uh, and I say this often, from my point of view, there's only one church in Perth, and that's God's church. And we are in different locations, and we do play different positions, and we do have slightly different uh, tasks and callings within that, but there's one team. And so uh, Daniel sees himself just as much a part of Elevate Church as I see myself a part of the rocks. It's a mutual investment. There's a lot of hugging, a lot of love in the club. So uh, how about we show Daniel our appreciation this morning and welcome him. All right. Good stuff. Well, um, just very quickly what Mark said about us being one church, man. That's that's so true. And um, when... I didn't prepare for the offering this morning, to be very honest with you. And, oh, offering, that's right. <laughs> so, um, just look at my wallet and, and there's 50 bucks in there. That's it. That's all I have. Just put it in. And not saying that to tell you how much I give, but when you invest in the kingdom of God, um, nothing is a waste, hey? Nothing is a waste, and God is always a provider. Uh, you will always have sufficient, even plenty, when you put God first. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about prayer, and very quickly, I want to share some funny, innocent kids' prayers. You may have heard this before, but that's all right. I'm going to say it again. First one is um, this. Our Father who does art in heaven, Harold is your name. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us some email. Forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. I like this one. Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there right now. And then finally, my all-time favorite. Dear God, if, we, if I come back as somebody else, please don't let me be Jennifer Horton because I hate her. Denise. All right. <laughs> um, let's... Pray one more time before we begin, shall we? Father, we thank you for this great morning. Thank you for letting us be here to be in your presence. Right now, we want to hear from your word. I really do believe, God, that none of us here is here by coincidence. Lord, you want us to be here. There is a word in season for us to hear. So I pray that you speak to us like only you can. Uh, No human words can change people's heart, but only you can. So use me as you wish, Lord, this unclean vessel, but use it for your purpose. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. All right, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 7 and verse 7 to 11. And we're going to have it up here on the screen. I'm going to read it for us. This is the word of Jesus taught as part of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what Jesus says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Let me just cut to the chase and say from the outset that I know what some of you might be thinking. Here we go. Another thing we need is not a sermon on prayer. I know what he's going to do. You know, he's going to tell us that you don't pray now. You need to pray more, blah, 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 and so on. Well, the issue for most of us, if not all of us, is really we don't really need any more information on prayer, do we? Uh, a lot of us, especially if we are Christian, we know we need to pray. We ought to pray, but uh, we really don't pray as much as we want to. We really don't. Um, see the importance of prayer because, you know, what we need is, is actually more motivation to pray, not more information to pray. And the reason why for many of us we're not really motivated to pray is that we don't really see much point in prayer, to be honest. As I said, if you've been a Christian a long time, maybe you've been praying quite a while, you've been praying quite a bit, and you know that God doesn't answer all of our prayers. So if he doesn't answer our prayers, what's the point in praying? You know, what's the point of getting up 5, 10, 15 minutes earlier in the morning before we go to work to pray when it doesn't make any difference in our life? And I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm a, I'm a skeptical kind of pastor. I'm not like Mark here, a man of faith, you know? Uh, whenever people told me about God answering prayer, I'm always skeptical, thinking, ah, I'm not so sure about that, you know? When, when I hear a testimony of someone describing an escape from a plane crash, you know, I always thought, well, you know, there are 131 other people who died in that plane crash, probably prayed just as fervently as you, you know. When you hear a testimony about someone being cured from cancer, you know, there are hundreds, even thousands of other Christians who love Jesus just the same, who pray just as earnestly, and they don't get cured from cancer. You know, that's why we, we, we don't pray as much as we want to, as, as much as we need to, because we really don't see much point in prayer. Maybe that has been, that has been your experience. And I've been praying for this, this job, and, and God doesn't seem to just hear me. You know, I've been praying for a kid. I've been praying for whatever you've been praying for, a salvation or whatever. And you think, man, is God there? Is he, is he asleep at the wheel? Does he even exist? Because if he does, how come... He doesn't answer my prayer. And I'm not asking for the moon. I'm not asking him to, to change the law of gravity or anything like that. I'm just asking for a job. Come on. You know, I'm just asking for a simple thing, for a great God to answer. But he doesn't seem to hear me. Now, I want to give you a few different reasons, some possibilities, why God doesn't always answer our prayers. All right? Number one reason is this. Some of our prayers are unanswered because they are simply what I call thoughtless prayers. It's like a little boy who prayed, you know, after, after a test, God, please make Tokyo the capital of Italy. You know, you know God is not going to answer a prayer like that, right? And we think, that's silly. You know, I never pray like that. But have you been praying for good health while you binge like crazy? You know, you don't take care of what you eat. You smoke a packet of cigarettes a day and you pray for health, God says, it doesn't make sense. This is a thoughtless prayer. You know, God doesn't answer thoughtless prayers like that. And then number two, why God doesn't answer some of our prayers is that uh, we pray with wrong motives. Remember the song by Janis Joplin back in the 70s? 
Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm 80s kids, but I listen to some of the 70s songs as well. You know this song, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Why? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make a man, right? When you ask God for things with wrong motives, God doesn't answer your prayer. James 4 verse 3 says this, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Number three, why God doesn't answer some of our prayers. Because it is logically impossible for God to answer all of our prayers. Twelve people applying for the same job. Twelve of them praying to the same God. You know, at least 11 of them are going to get disappointed. Right? You know. Uh, a fan of Dockers and a fan of Hawthorne praying for the big game. Be careful. I'm not going to go there because I want to be invited back. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, there are other reasons in the Bible, lack of faith, um, even unholiness. Isaiah said, when you spread your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen because your hands are full of blood. Wash, make yourself clean, take your evil deeds out of my sight, stop doing wrong. When you have no concern for the poor, God says, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and will not be answered. So these are some of the reasons why God doesn't answer our prayers. But here's the mystery though. Some of the prayers in the Bible, they're not thoughtless. They're not logically impossible for God to answer. They're not asked with the wrong motives. Paul asked for God to remove the thorns from his flesh three times. God doesn't answer his prayers. Jesus prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane and his own father didn't answer his prayer, right? So it's a mystery to us. And we would have been fine with God not answering all of our prayers had it not for Jesus making this blanket statement that if we ask, we receive. That's the problem. Because I've been reading this passage for so many times and it always confuses me because Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. See, the main idea here is that ask and you're going to get it. This is the problem. Why did Jesus have to say this, giving pastors like me, you know, problem having to explain to people that God doesn't answer prayers all the time? Because the main idea here, if you read verses 7 to 8, Jesus said the same thing, the same thing three times, basically. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Basically, ask, seek, knock, they mean the same thing. Some people say, well, they kind of escalate in, in, in intensity. But whether, whether it's true or not, but the main idea is ask, Jesus says. In Hebrew, poetry is very common for you for stylistic reason, you know, to say the same thing in a different way, yeah? So the main idea is ask. Well, if you think that way, actually six times Jesus Ask us to do the same thing. Ask, 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 ask. So why is it then, the question? When we seek, we don't always find. 
when we knock, the door is not only open, it's slammed right on our face. Why is it? The clue, I believe, can be found in verses 9 to 11. That's why I always tell people, when you read the Bible, don't read it too quick. You got to slow down. You got to digest. You got to enjoy the Bible because the clue to this mystery, why, when we ask, we don't always, you know, get it, can be found in verses 9 to 11. Let's see if you can play the role of a Bible detective and find out the answer from verses 9 to 11. This is the clue. See if you catch it, all right? Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? That's the clue. From Jesus' example, we can conclude, if you don't already know the answer, that there are different types of fathers, right? Let me tell you three different types of fathers. First is the father who gives only bad things. It doesn't matter what the child asks. If the child asks for bread, he will give a stone. If he asks for a fish, he will give a snake. It's highly unlikely, but it is probable. You agree? That's the first type of father. The father who gives only bad things. The second type of father is the father who gives anything that the child asks. If the child asks for bread, he will get bread. If he asks for a fish, he will get a fish. If he asks for a snake, he will actually get a snake. Because this is a permissive father. He will give anything the child asks. The third type of father is the father who gives only good things. If the child asks for bread, he will get bread. If he asks for fish, he will get fish. But if the child asks for a snake, the last type of father who only gives good things will not give him the snake that the child asks. Now, let me ask you a question. Which of this father do you think is the best father? How many of you think father number one is the, is the best? The father who gives only bad things. Raise your hand. I want total participation this morning. How many of you think the father who gives anything is the best father? Raise your hand. How many of you think the father who gives only good things is the best father? Raise your hand. All the hands. Well, I have to say that I disagree. The answer is... The answer is, the right answer is, you ready? It depends. It depends on what? It depends on whom you ask. Correct? If I get all the Elevate kids right here, right now, and ask them the very same question. Hey kids, let me show you three types of father. The first one is the one who gives you only bad stuff. The second one is the father who gives you anything that you want. And number three is the father who gives you only good things. Which one of these father's kids is the best father? They will all say, number two, correct? Oh, my dad is so cool. He gives me anything I want. I want PS3, I get PS3. 
I want to eat chocolate at night, I eat chocolate at night. Ice cream in the morning, ice cream in the morning. And then the other kid said, oh, dang it, my dad is not as cool as your dad. Right? Depends on who you ask. See, this is the problem. When we say that our prayers are not answered, we're talking from a child's perspective, right? We think, man, God is so bad. You know, I ask for good stuff. He doesn't give it to me. Because our perspective on what is good is very different. Let me tell you a few different perspectives, how a child and a father see things. It's the perspective of now versus later. That's first. Right? To a child, now is good. Later is not good. Right? Uh, I don't really care about tomorrow. Uh, my father always asked me this question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't care. Uh, I care about right now. Uh, my dad told me all the time, son, trust me. Don't procrastinate. Hard work pays off after time. I said, yeah, dad, but laziness pays off now. You know, it works for me. Uh, good. Is whatever gives me happiness in the next two hours, not in the next 20 years. I don't care what happened in the next 20 years. As long as I'm happy in the next two hours, I'm happy. See, to a child, now is good. Later, that's not so good. Another difference. To a child, what's important is short-term happiness. But to a father, what's important is long-term benefit. Right? Uh, for me, again, it's what makes me happy right now. That's the most important. Um, i just stop right there. You know what I'm talking about. The third one is not as clear. In the Bible, the, uh, it's called kairos and chronos. See, there are two different Greek words for time in the New Testament. One is called chronos. That's our regular 24-hour, 7-day-a-week, 365-days-a-year kind of time. Right? That's the time that you can measure. That's chronos. Another word for time that is often used in the Bible is kairos. Kairos is looking at time in terms of opportunity. So my dad, again, always told me, you know, hey, you got to study now. It's important. Right? It is opportunity. While you have time, you got to study now. Playing must not interfere with your study. But that's not how I think. I think study must not interfere with my playing. That's how I think, right? So I don't care about opportunity. You know, when I was little, my dad, my mom and dad, they sent me for piano lesson. Man, I, I used to hate it so much. But I'm a lover of music. I'm telling you, I love all kinds of music. And right now, I really hate it. When I see people playing piano so well, you know, I said to myself, that could have been me. But I didn't take my opportunity. I didn't make use of my Kairos, I wasted my chronos, you know. But to a child, a child doesn't think like that. Uh, that's the, the third thing. The fourth thing is the difference between need and want. And I don't think I need to explain this to you, you know. To a child, you know, whatever I want is what's important. But a father sees things differently. I'll give you what you need. Maybe sometimes what you want. But what you need is the most important to me as a father. So, verses 9 to 11 not only qualifies what Jesus said in the earlier verses, but it gives us confidence when we pray, doesn't it? It gives us confidence because when you pray, you know you have a loving, good, 
heavenly father who knows how to give you the best stuff. And when you pray and ask for the wrong stuff, a good father will be good enough or wise enough to not give you the wrong stuff that you want. Sometimes, I granted, temporarily, you know, if you are stubborn about it, God will give that to you like the prodigal son, you know. But the purpose is to, to let you know that, hey, you know, this is not what I want for you. This is not what I want for you. Because a good father will only give you the best stuff. So, how does, uh, in verses 11 to, in verses, verse 11, I'm sorry. This is then the conclusion that Jesus made. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is what is called argument from the lesser to the greater. If you, as a lesser, less than perfect, less than good, earthly father, knows how to give good things to your kids, how much more a heavenly father, who is all perfect, who is all knowing, who is all loving, know how to give good gifts to you, his children. So, how does this affect your relationship with, God, with your God? How does this affect your prayer life? It's very simple. Um, I think we need to pray because Jesus not only told us to pray, because I really do believe that prayer makes a difference in our life. Contrary to many people's belief, God has not set everything in stone, you know. There are a lot of things that God hasn't made up his mind yet. There are some things in life that you don't need to pray for. Jesus is coming back for the second time. Whether you pray or you don't pray, it doesn't make a difference. It's going to happen, right? But there are a lot of things in life that God wants your involvement in it. God wants you to ask him for things, right? So, uh, for example, when God asked Jonah to preach to the Ninevites, Jonah ran away. For the very reason, because he knows God too well. He knows God is a compassionate God. And when he preached the gospel finally to the Ninevites, everyone repented. It was the biggest, most successful revival in the history of the world. The whole town repented, including the cows and the animals. I'm serious. They put sackcloth on them as a sign of repentance. And then, even though Jonah's sermon is very specific, in how many days? 40 days. It's not sometime in the future, maybe. In 40 days, you're going to be destroyed. God says so. And when they all repented, and the king said, who knows? Maybe God will, God will relent. And actually, after 40 days, they're being, they're being spared. That's why Jonah was, was upset. said, see, I knew it. I knew you're going to do this. That's why I didn't want to go, because I want to see them punished. So you need to pray. Because God hasn't said everything. It depends. God, a lot of things in life, God wants your input. God wants your say in it. God wants to see how you behave in it. So you need to pray. And when you pray, you need to align yourself with the perspective of God. All right? So instead of making our life, ourselves as the standard of goodness, we need to make God to be the standard of goodness. Good is not always pleasant. See, to us, we want things that are pleasant. Not always, right? Broccoli is good, but I'd rather eat steak, to be very honest. Good is not always easy. 
good is not always cheap. Good is not always painless. Yeah? To us, pain is not good. Discipline is not good. Hard work is not good. Perseverance is not good. Forgiving someone, you know, not necessarily good for us, right? We don't want to. But um, we got to see things from the perspective of God. There's another perspective that we don't always uh, realize in terms of when we talk about prayer. It's the difference between the kingdom perspective and selfish perspective. See, this lesson on prayer is given by Jesus during a, a series of lessons known as the Sermon on the Mount. The whole idea behind the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus trying to explain what the kingdom of God is like. So when you pray, have you ever prayed from the perspective of the kingdom of God? Instead of just, God, you know, everything that we pray usually is about me, my family, my career, my children. is something to do with us. How about from time to time, we pray something that has to do with the kingdom of God? When was the last time you prayed for Elevate Church, your own church here? When was the last time you prayed for Mark and Louis? When was the last time you pray for the lost to come to this church so that they can find Jesus, they can find salvation? You know, these are important for our Heavenly Father. You know, uh, that's another perspective that you need to have when you pray. So, uh, in conclusion, I just want to say that God listens to us when we pray. You know, as a church, we we were wondering. Uh, we've been in Cannington for close to 10 years now, since 2004. And for about 10 years, we've been battling the council for you know, uh, approval to use our building as a public place of worship. We, have a temporary, we had a temporary approval for a couple of years, but we've been always fighting the council for rezoning, for scheme amendment. You know? We spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars fighting the council because we believe that God wants us to be there and, and this is the right place for us and, and we, you know, we want to serve the community in Cannington and so on. But you know, the, it seems like the longer we pray, the harder we pray, the more God closed the door and we didn't understand. Like, God, what's going on? We're not asking for, for much. This is like for your kingdom. We're asking for ministry here. And it seems like God didn't answer us. Uh, until the final blow for us is when the council said, that's it. You know, no more. You can't be there anymore. So we scrambled, like, what do you do? What do you do? And then we didn't realize that God had planned something much better for us. So in August, not August, sorry. In the, in the beginning of this year, about February, March this year, we sold our buildings because God has prepared for us a huge land right across from Carousel Shopping Center. 1.4 hectares, you know. You can't even find a land that big in Jandakot, let alone across from a shopping center. But this is what God has prepared for us, you see. We want now, 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 God, you know. We want, we want what we think is good in, from our perspective. But God says, hey, you know, you don't know everything. You don't know everything. See, sometimes we wonder, God, is it really bad that I ask for a cure from cancer? Is it really that bad, God, that I just ask for this? But we don't know all the perspective of God. That's our problem. Have you seen Bruce Almighty, you know, the movie? Right? 
you know, when you, when you don't have the whole perspective, our understanding can be so skewed that what we think is good is actually, bre- is actually bad for us. We think it's bread. It's actually stone that we ask for, right? So suspend your judgment. That's my only encouragement to you. Suspend your judgment thinking that God doesn't know everything. He knows everything. He knows more than you think, all right? And at the end of the day, God allows you to go through certain episodes, certain difficulties in your life for a season, for a reason. And that reason is always good. We don't know it. Maybe you don't know it until you die. But God knows what's going on in your life. And he wants to give the best for you because he is a good father and you are his children. All right? I want to pray right now. There's one prayer that I know God will answer because this is the whole idea behind the mission of Jesus. If you ask God for eternal life, God is going to give it to you. Jesus came to this world. He said, not for the healthy, but for the sick. And we are all sick people spiritually. We all have sin and fall short of God's standard, like Mark said. And we all need God's grace in our life. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him, not whoever behaves in him, not whoever goes to church, but whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. All you need to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins because you can't help yourself. You can't pay for your own sins. I can't pay for your own sins. Mark is a great guy. He can't pay for your sins because he's a sinner himself, just like I'm a sinner, like you. We all need a a sinless, perfect Savior to save us from our sin. And that's exactly what Jesus did for every single one of us. So this morning, if there's any one of you at all who, who doesn't really know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to pray for you, all right? Um, By a simple act of raising your hand, I want to pray for you. And it's not a business between you and Elevate Church. It's not between you and me. It's between you and your Creator, God. If you're saying to God, God, I I don't know everything about Christianity. Uh, I don't know everything about anything. But I know I'm a sinner. And I need your grace in my life. I need to know that my sins have been forgiven. I need to know that I will spend eternity with you in heaven. If that's your desire, I know God will answer it right here, right now. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to I pray for you. I see a couple of hands there. Awesome. The best decisions. The best decision that you made today. Ever, not just today. Anybody else? All right. Let's pray, all right? I want you to repeat after me, those of you who raise your hands. And Christians, repeat after me as well as a sign of our support for our new brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want you to mean it from your heart. It's not the words that save you, but what you mean inside your heart that save you. All right? So repeat after me out loud, everyone. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I believe in Jesus as my Savior. He paid in full the penalty for my sins. Now I'm free. Eternal life is mine because you said so. Not because I'm good, but because Jesus is good for me. Thank you for your grace.
Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Father, right now, I just want to pray for everyone here in this room. Lord, I pray for everyone whose prayer life has been cold and, and probably non-existent. I pray, Father, this morning we will be encouraged by your word that you do care about us. Even though we don't always understand, we don't always feel your presence, we don't always know your plan, but we know, Lord, that you are our good Father. You never withhold anything good from us. So, Father, I pray that we'll be patient in our affliction. I pray, Father, that you will help us understand things from your perspective and help us to be faithful regardless of our circumstance and just follow you all the days of my life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, how about we show Daniel our appreciation this morning? Uh, Daniel, Daniel is one of my favorite communicators in our nation, and I think he's actually one of the better communicators in our nation, and uh, he brings God's word with just such clarity and conviction. It's fantastic. You can actually uh, listen to their podcast, The Rocks podcast as well. You know, I say this very often. Don't let this be your one spiritual meal a week. You will starve to death. You will not thrive and flourish. Try it with your kids sometime, one meal a week. They will not thrive and flourish. True for the body, true for the spirit. So uh, you you, you might want to check out Daniel's uh, podcast there. Um, Yeah, I'm preaching at their church next week. And uh, it's a new series they just launched last night. They meet Saturday nights now. A new series they launched. So Daniel did week one, part one. And I'm next uh, Saturday, I'm going to be preaching part two. So I asked him this morning, how did you go last night? And he said, oh, I don't think I did a very good job. I was underprepared. And I'm like, yes, the bar has been set low. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, and just to let you know, too, by the way, the whole Saturday thing is a big, big sacrifice for Daniel to be here. They, they moved... Uh, locations from having gotten flushed out of their Cannington premises. They're now using a, a facility of a church in South Perth. And so they meet Saturday evenings, 5 p.m. And uh, it's been about five, six weeks now. Every Sunday, I leave here having toiled and swung the bat as hard as I can. And I go home, I'm exhausted and I sit on my breakfast bar and I, and I fire up my iPad. I just want to have a quiet glass of red wine with my little Italian lunch, read a little bit of stuff on my iPad. I just check Facebook. You know what I've seen for the last six weeks? Every single Sunday is Daniel Indrajaya tagged with his wife and his son and his big fat picture of some food porn from some cafe that they had brunch in on that Sunday morning. So they sacrificed that to be here with us this morning. Wonderful, mate. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We, we, we can never thank you enough. In fact, they only came on the premise that now Louie and I will take them for brunch at a coffee shop. So anyway, at least I get to join in the party. Hey, look, uh, just a couple of things to finish. I, I forgot to mention, sorry about that. But if you haven't uh, got the information about Elevate Global, get this brochure. It's at our front desk. Take it home. Read it. Let God stir you. Let God challenge you. Let God give you actually hope because there's people packed full of potential that God wants to use you to intersect their lives as well. Uh, Next week, we're resuming our series, Blessed. And I encourage you to be here for that. Bring somebody. Uh, It'd be great. Got a guest worship leader next week, which will be exciting. And a good friend of ours. What else? 
Oh, yes, Neil, what is the coffee du jour? Three weeks in a row? Yes, backed by popular demand, Peruvian grace. It's a grace-filled morning. Even our coffee's full of grace. So there you go. All right, have a great week, guys.